How much farther? In 200 meters, your destination will be on the right. Oh, that's like a million meters! 200, actually. Shut up, actually. You have arrived. Welcome to Scotland. We made it! Congratulations, sir. Peace out! Wait, what are you doing? Oh, sweet Scottish asphalt. I thought we'd never reach you. They said I couldn't drive from Chicago to Scotland. Told me I was mad. But who's laughing now, eh, Podchambap? <laughs> Podchambap. Oh, my phone's still in the battle van, which is... Smashed halfway through the town's leisure center. <laughs> I mean, oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, what town am I on? Imeth! Right on the border of Scotland and the vast unknown. Eyemouth? Eyemouth! Are you not from here, you great fat man? Uh, my name is Dottore Balordo, host of Blastra Podcast. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. Nay. What? I'm an international travelist and a scholarly lecturant, renowned for my big, big smart thoughts. How do you not know this? You're wearing scholarly robras. These are holy robes, you bumper! And who do you think you are, raising your voice at me? I am Dottore Bolodo, man of science! Science? Science! You hear that, brothers? We got a man of science right here! You know what we do with men of science in Imeth? Give them a grant. We throw him in the chamber of sorrows! Clap him in irons, brothers! What? No! No! Not the clap! Not the clap! No! the clap. Keep me in here, you fiendish zealots! I am Dottore Bellordo! I am an arrogant American! I demand a lawyer! I demand a butler! I demand a lobster! It's no use. They ran out of lobster weeks ago. Don't sneak up on me like that, you prison loiterist! I'm not loitering. I was wrongfully imprisoned by the Brotherhood of the Winking Tooth. The Motherhood of the Winking Tooth? They're twisted clerics who hate science in all of its forms. Even cuddle physics? Especially cuddle physics. Well, you seem like a reasonable chap. What are you in here for? For practicing science. In the nude? No, what? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> me neither. Uh, hey, as long as we're wrongfully jailed for having different values than the ruling class, why don't we do a podcast? You have a microphone? Always. You. Yeah, just don't lean into it. Yeah, all right. All right! Welcome to Blast Roll Podcast, episode 27, recording from the Chamber of Sorrows in the fantastical Scottish village of Eyemouth. My special guest today is... Uh, what's your name, prisoner? Harshish Chikara. Harshish! What are you and who do you like to do for fun? Well, uh, as you said, my name is Harshish, and I'm a person. I live in Chicago as well, well, on the outskirts. You must be on vacation in Scotland right now. Yeah, they kind of imprisoned me. <laughs> they grabbed you in Chicago and dragged you yeah, all the way to the Chamber of Sorrows in Scotland? They have a wide reach, this motherhood. The brotherhood of the winking, ma- yeah. the winking tooth. Yeah, these guys, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're brand new to the Blaster Podcast canon. They're bad. It's You know the Illuminati? They're like ten times worse. Whoa. How many lumens more than the Illuminati do they possess? Uh, I think about three. Whoa. Yeah. That's it's a lot of lumens. Bright. That's a lot of candle watts. There's even uh, signs of them on the back of the dollar bill. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. The American dollar bill or That's... the oh the Mexican dollar bill? Well, both. You know, there's a there's a little one on the back of the one dollar bill. Uh huh. That's their symbol. Oh, one of their symbols at least. Ingenious. I know. Hidden in plain sight. So Harshish. Yes. You are a prisoner of the Brotherhood of the Winking Tooth. I am for practicing science. I do. I do practice science. You practice science? Well, mostly uh, for fun. For nowadays, if not for profit. No, no, I'm a non-profit science practitioner. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. Yeah. So, so you say you are a human? Correct. I'm pretty much a human as well. I 
I had my doubts. I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> I've had guests who have thought that I was a space alien. Yeah, they I were wrong. I thought maybe some sort of uh, overgrown beach ball. I don't know. Oh, well, thank you. Flattery <laughs> will get you anywhere. So you're a human. You apparently uh, dig on science, eh? What's your uh, What's your uh, experience with science? Well, uh, I went to school for science pretty much my entire life. I uh, got my degree from the Illinois Institute of Technology I... in the field of uh, biology. Ah, biography. One of my favorites of the lesser sciences. <laughs> uh, close. Biology. It's, uh-huh. it's the uh, the study of life and uh, living things. I think you're talking about philosophy. The, sure. Philosophy has a little bit of to do with biology, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did do that, and I was uh, pre-medicine for a long, long time. Um, I even went to a foreign country for two years to study what? medicine. A foreign country? Yeah. I've only been to one foreign country in the world but, uh, before. It was Italy, because I studied at the University of Bologna. Harshish. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I learned all about biography there, you know, as well as the other sciences. And now I'm here in Scotland, so two countries. Those are two mighty fine countries. Thank you. Uh, what was your other country? Scotland again? Uh, a little bit further to the uh, to the east. It's oh. Bulgaria. What's that? It's uh, it's where Quidditch comes from. Quidditch oh, you get out of here. I know. I'm just joking. Uh, Bulgaria is an Eastern European country, formerly part of the uh, the Soviet Union bloc. And now, now they're out of that, so they're pretty cool. They're pretty they, chill dudes now. They cleared that blockage. That's right. Use some Drano. What were you doing in Bulgaria? I was uh, I was in a pre medical program, uh, right out, right out of high school. So I was just a wee little lad. You so you went from high school as a teenager, yes, and jumped into Bulgaria both both hands first. Yeah, I got scrapes and burns a little bit, but it was a pretty nice landing. No, I mean, are are your family Bulgarians? No, not even close. My family is actually Indian, as am I. You're an Indian. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> All right. In my case, both are applicable. Harshish, we have two downloads in India. Do we really? Uh huh. Okay. They might be my family. All right. I might have told them. <laughs> they're in a, a, a pre download program where they download episodes of Blaster Podcast before their son's on it. Ooh. Oh. So, okay, you're an Indian man. Yes. You live in Los Estados Unidos, but you jumped into Bulgaria. What drove you into the waiting arms of the of Bulgaria? Well, I didn't actually drive. I, I had to take a plane. Uh huh. So you were wrong on that point. But I'm what? You are quite wrong. Come on, come on, Harshish. If we weren't locked in this prison cell together, I swear I'd walk right out and protest. Wait, you can walk. I didn't know you could hold, hold that weight up. Yeah, it appears as though I'm hopping, like I'm bouncing up and down, like a balloon, like a pogo stick with like a large, like a large sphere on the top of it. Yeah, but Hershey's there's legs under there, and they're doing a lot. They're strong. They must be struggling though. Anyway, hey man, hey. I didn't go to Bulgarian med school, so I don't know about the strength of my legs. Touche, man. Bulgarian med school taught me a whole lot about nothing. What? Oh, what? I mean, why? It, it seems like a, a very uh, uh, different place. It is for okay. someone studying in the U.S. to go to. So my reasoning was that um, the program that I was a part of there—it was an American program, so everything was in English. Oh, um, all the students that were part of the program—they all were from different countries, but they all spoke English as well. But basically, it was a two plus four program. Two years of pre-med and then four years of med school. Oh. And after that, you get your MD, which nice. is pretty neat. Because uh, out here in the Americas, we got to spend a whole lot more time and money. Oh, yeah. To get our medical degrees. Yeah. So I thought I'd, you know, be uh, a wise guy. Yeah, you'd skirt the system. That's right. I Going tried, outside tried to the lines. All that right. didn't work out too well. No. No, well, I I did the two years. I was like, nah, I'm going back home. I can't <laughs> I can't deal with the depression out here. Oh, it's just it's it's a beautiful country. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you love the country, but you're not in love with it. Exactly. It was it was just time. You know, sometimes things don't work out. Sure. But uh, I was in the beautiful city of Sofia, Sofia, Bulgaria. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, was she your girlfriend? Uh, sometimes. Oh. She could be a mean lady, though. Oh. Yeah. Did you see any, like, street toughs in Sofia, Bulgaria? Funny that you mention that, because there is almost only street toughs in Bulgaria. There is a <laughs> they just big... call them citizens. <laughs> Pretty much. Sorry, Bulgaria. <laughs> uh, there's a giant, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, mob-slash-mafia presence oh. in Bulgaria. 
and uh, they're actually called uh, Borat. Are you serious? So kind of like the Kazakhstani reporter, but with an E at the end instead oh. of it. But we had a laugh about that, a laugh or two. Yeah, and then they they broke your fingers for not paying the co- yeah. the uh, protection money. That's correct. That's why I uh, I have no hands. <laughs> and yet you're very handsome. Oh, Gahool! Oh. So okay, you uh, uh, Indian American goes to Bulgaria, hands broken off, returns mm-hmm. to America. Goes to... My hands between my legs. Illinois Institute of Technology. Yeah. Learns about technography. Yeah. Uh, I jumped back from Bulgaria. And you met my idiot roommate in a a science museum. Yeah, in an undisclosed location. (laughs) In uh, Chicago. In Chicago, where science kind of happens. What were you doing there? I was an intern there. So part of the program that I had with uh, with IIT, or the tech, as people are trying to call it now, because... Uh, People are wrong. I know. (laughs) <laughs> the tech or illinois tech or tech me to your leader anyway um why, why does it have to be cool custom school isn't so we, <laughs> we gotta have branding some marketing oh, yeah one. yeah get people over some of those fine ladies over the fine ladies yeah because there's too many dudes there ladies of tech that's a pretty cool name yeah sounds like a band it's a yeah it's a new my new side project i don't know are you one of the ladies of tech or are you just Ah, oh, spoilers. I'm all of the ladies of tech. I don't know. I don't know any ladies. Uh, fair enough. Neither do I. <clears throat> so here we are, prison cell. I know about your educational history. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do for fun times? Uh, for fun times. Uh, so right now I'm working a whole lot, a whole lot, a bunch of times in the suburbs of of uh, Chicago. So there's not a whole lot to do in the suburbs for fun stuffs. But luckily, I got a couple buddies out there, so we get together we hang out we play sports and things sports yeah like what kind of a sports like golf we play a little bit of golf 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 a scottish sport yeah i kind of hate it now though that's all they talk about out here what oh yeah yeah so you play golf a little bit uh other than that i just like to hang out be chill have fun i watch some tv and read some books <laughs> i'm a pretty boring dude honestly. <laughs> that's why i'm locked up in jail and pretty entertained uh but oh i don't know if i should say this or not but i i killed a man (laughs) and i'm really excited about it Uh, i killed a man who was actually scheduled to be on uh this the show called who wants to be a millionaire a millionaire and i took his place so i may just be on the show sometime in the next future wait I can't tell what's real and what is illusion. This is slightly real. Or are you? Are you? Have you applied to be a, a contestant? Yeah, it was actually to be a millionaire. Yeah, this was last week. What? Um, there was auditions out in uh, the village of Napelville, and I did the thing, and they kind of liked me. I think mm-hmm. at least they lied to me and said that they liked me. Did they give you a fake number? Yeah, but uh, they said they'd call me. Cool. So we'll see. Uh, well, so in the next two weeks or so, I'll well, find out. I hope you get to be a, a million omel. Thanks. If I'm on it, I'll uh, give you guys a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Be like, I need to phone a friend. It is Dottore Bolordo, man of science. I'll only use that phone a friend if it happens to be a question that I already know. Just fair warning. Well, I, I think that's insulting, Harshish. That's kind of the point. That's yeah. not the way cellmates treat each other. Wow. And I know because I watched Oz, the series. Oh, boy. We're not going to be those kind other. of cellmates. <laughs> uh, give it some time. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've been watching a whole lot of Orange is the New Black, and you are nowhere near as attractive as those cellmates. Just saying. Well, I can't help that. I'm not an actress. Well, you are part of a girl troupe I'm band. I'm a factress. Factress. I'm a mattress factory. <laughs> I poop out mattresses, you see. You know, actually, speaking of mattresses, I've always wondered, why are there so many mattress stores? Who's buying mattresses that often that there's like a billion mattress stores constantly open? Excellent question, Harshish. The answer? People who want to sleep on a mattress. But like, you don't just get born with a mattress attached to you, unless you're a poke- uh, Sakamon. You must have to catch them all. Why does that sound threatening? <laughs> well, apparently you what don't happens take if your, I don't catch you don't them take all? your Sakamon training seriously enough, Arshish. You clearly don't. I wanted to catch them all. I wanted to be a master, but but they kicked me out. They did kick you out. Yeah, now I'm just living in the grass with my rattatas and my pidgeys. And... Your pidgeojos. Pidgeojos. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Sakamon? My favorite Sakamon, uh, probably Rat. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good old rat. Rat's a good one. I also like uh, boot. Boot. Boot's an easy one to carry around in your sack of sack. I I didn't realize boot was a uh, sackamon. It's a sackamon. Yeah. What are, what's his uh, signature move? Uh, a, a flop to the ground. Oh. Yeah. It's critical. <clears throat> critical hit. 
It is a critical hit. It's critical. It hits the ground. And, and you go, Running. You go. that's all you do? Can't, yeah. can't you do better? So you're critical of the boot. Oh. Like a father, you see. And then how does that affect your own health? <laughs> well, psychologically, <laughs> you feel bad about yourself for filling your sack of sack with an inanimate object oh. when you could have been filling it with rats. And then you kind of remind yourself of your father, so you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, like oh, I'm being real hard on myself. I sound just like my old man. And then and just sink into a deep depression. Yeah, you sit down, you feel like you've entered a Bulgarian village. <laughs> you look at yourself in the mirror. You joke, but that is entirely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Bulgaria who is not actively in the mob is quietly reflecting about how they're becoming their own father. Yep. Even the ladies. Yeah. Weirdly enough, they in a single sex environment, they will switch like those frogs in Jurassic Pork. I used to live next to a strip club in Bulgaria. So there really? was a very single sex environment right next door. It, was it gross? Oh, I never visited, obviously. I am a man of fine tastes and valor, but it yeah. was awesome. <laughs> so I've heard. I, I could imagine. So you're coming right out of high school. Yeah, I was that a kiddo. Must, yeah, that must have been an exciting environment for a youngster. Yeah, so I was uh, the youngest person there, actually. Whoa. So all my schoolmates, my classmates, they were all much older. So when I turned 18 while I was in Bulgaria, they threw me a, uh, a party. Which at which point it was it started off in uh, one of my friend's apartments. They blindfolded me and oh, walked me. Not in... good. No, blindfolded in Bulgaria. Not good. No, Sorry, not Bulgaria. Good you know what? Actually, Bulgarians, if you're listening to this, we've. <laughs> Do slammed... you have any Bulgarian listeners? Uh, not to my knowledge. Not anymore either. We we've slammed it hard enough. Yeah. I think any Bulgarian that liked Blaster Podcast before has now turned. This will get him back. All my Bulgarian listeners out there, Doberden, Kakste. What did you say to them? I said, "Go suck a goat." Are you serious? No. Oh, every time someone speaks a foreign language on my podcast, they're always telling people to, like, get fucked by a dog in the butt. That's a great phrase to learn just in any language. Well, listen to Blaster Podcast, episode five. Dinosaurs and duck sounds. Oh, I remember that that Mm -hmm. good old thing. We actually get pretty great Wi-Fi in this cell. I don't know if you've noticed. We do. Yeah. The the Brotherhood of the Winking Tooth, they're very tech-savvy. They hate science, but they need to communicate with their constituents. Mm Mm-hmm. And Wi-Fi is the wave of the future. That's true. Thank you. I wasn't a compliment. You're, you're not a compliment. Well, you're obtuse. Thank you. Purposely. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, your stupid strip club shenanigans. Yeah. You were blindfolded. You were taken out on the Bulgarian street. Yep. Did and they then... beat you like the dog you are? <laughs> <laughs> Stole all my money. Happy birthday. Took a kidney or two. Uh, but then somehow I found myself for the first time. This is how. This is why it's such a ingrained memory um i really hope like my family doesn't end up listening to this uh but the ones in india downloading this yeah thems uh but anyway i ended up in the strip club and they bought me like one of those privatey type dances ah yes the luxury dance that's right they took me into a back room and and lady opens up parts of her body and puts your head inside of them (laughs) you're not far off (laughs) disgustingly enough (laughs) um yeah it was they're they're very much more comfortable with their bodies in Eastern Europe. Gross. Yeah. Complete grossness. Yeah. It's a good thing you were studying medicine. Exactly. Because then the next morning you could just pop a lot of antibiotics. That, true, yeah. Just popped a banana bag in, I was good to go. What's a banana bag? So this is one of medicine's best, uh, best kept secrets. So oh. doctors who get drunk... That's the foundation that I'm representing today, by <laughs> like the way. Like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, exactly. you're Doctors Who Get Drunk. Doctors Who Get Drunk. Uh, Doctor Who Gets Drunk? Doctor Who Gets Drunk? That's what you just said. Oh, yeah. He's kind of a dick, though. He's drunk on his own power. He really is. And what's with the whole changing faces every two minutes? Like, come on now. It's as though actors don't want to stay on that show for the entire <laughs> run of the show. It's not like it's a campy show or anything like that. <laughs> it's like the Breaking Bad of England. Breaking Bad's not campy. Breaking Bad's a good show. That's why I was being sarcastic. Oh, I can't tell. Yeah. Because of your thick Bulgarian accent. <laughs> so, okay. You like me to speak in a thick Bulgarian accent. You're talking about your banana hammock. Yeah. it's Doctors who get drunk. <laughs> Doctors love my banana hammock. It's where I keep all my bananas. Uh, a, whole, a whole bunch full. Mm-hmm. Six. Pretty good. Okay, what about your banana bag? <laughs> banana bags. I'm not exactly sure what's in them. It's a whole bunch of vitamins and nutrients and I think some potassium and stuff. But basically, at least according to the show Scrubs, uh, doctors will get super drunk mm-hmm. uh, at night then go into the hospital the next morning, pop in a banana bag into their... Uh, it's an IV, so they just pop oh. it in. 
And it gets rid of their drunken slash hangoverness. That's amazing. I uh, know. I mean, I'm a man of science. I, I know about that already. Of course. How could so, you not? I don't know. I was pretending about it. I feel so. like there's a couple banana bags folded into your folds right now. Into my folds? Yeah. Look, I don't check my folds regularly. I know. I'm is that what that to. smell is, by the way? <laughs> We're in prison. There could be all sorts of reasons for the smell coming out of my body. That's true. I've been here for a while. It could be me, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Don't blame me about it all the time. But like, Yemen. Yemen. Have you been to Yemen? No. Did you go to a script club in Yemen? <laughs> I don't think they exist in Yemen. They're oh. pretty strict about things back there. Are they? Yeah. What do they do in Yemen? Are they religious? I think. I don't know. I assume they're just struggling to get by. Aren't we all, man? Chewing on the legs of a goat to get some moisture. Oof. It's a rough life. Oof. It's a rough life. Oof, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> they they eat uh, like goat heads out there. No, like eyeballs and stuff. It's kind of weird. For real? Yeah. Hey, Yemeni listeners, <laughs> we're just alienating <laughs> half the population of the world. This is the most first world ignorant podcast I have yet to come out with. I, I'm going to try to top it next time. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, we are definitely so, slamming a lot of other nations that we know. Uh, have you very have you about. had a guest as foreign as I am on <clears throat> on the podcast so far? How foreign are you? I'm pretty on foreign. the scale of foreignness. I mean, I'm a brown dude. Who was born overseas with oh, a turban so, on, with you who were speaks bo- Bulgarian. You were born with a turban on? Yeah. Didn't you know that? How did that work? Is that just the placenta? <laughs> well, <laughs> it starts off as a placenta. Uh-huh. And then nutrients, it just grows into uh, its final form, which is what it is now. Ugh. It's like a helmet. <laughs> it's so gross, I don't even want to think about it. Sorry, Mom. Harshish. What? Uh, so we're both locked in the prison cell together. Unfortunately. You know what happens. Kind of cramped in here. When they stick two men in a prison cell together over a long period of time. One of them can't breathe because the other one is pushing him against the cell walls. Correct. Yeah. With my uh, my voluminous pods. That is very true. And my uh, blaster pod. But Harshish. Yes, Tori. All pleasantries aside. <laughs> If I'm going to truly have a meeting of the minds with you, I need to make sure that your brain is full and varnished and appropriately persuaded to be learning about today's episode topic. Okay. Okay? I don't know. So therefore, I am going to subject you to the episode 27 all about sociology lightning round review. Hit me. All right. (laughs) Question number one. Sociology deals with human behavior on a large scale. What snake animal has the largest of scales? I would go ahead and say the anaconda. Correct! Yes! Question number two. Single parent families. Sociological problem or cunning trick to starve parent-eating monsters? Uh, Little column A, little column B. Correct! Question number three. Which is a better reason for being a jerk? One's culture or one's gender? Uh, I use both, so they work for me pretty well. Correct! Question number four. Complete this anal orgy. Oh, God. Sociology is to groups of humans as cryptogynecography is to... Cryptogynecography. The the mysterious icons inside the vagina. So, the clitoris. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) And we're in seventh grade. Hershey's. Dottore. Hershey's. Dottore. Hershey's. That was pretty good. Thanks, man. Excellent. We're almost a lot of time to practice. We're almost ready for the City of Eyemouth uh, choir. I think you have to be castrated for that. Of course. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> All right, clearly you're not. Hershey's. Yeah, man. What is it about sociography that really gets under your skin? It's 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 a neat thing. I didn't even really know it as sociology or sociography, whatever you want to call it. Sociography? Yeah, that. I didn't really even like consider it as like a science or like a topic in my mind. It was just kind of a bunch of things that interested me that seemed pretty neat because they're all kind of related to what everything is around us. Like I said before, it's kind of the the science, the study, the uh, the, the logic of civilization. Pretty much everything man has created, it's sociology. What? So, I know, it's, pre- it's like... What about a diamond, Harshish? Well, the diamond industry can be related back to sociology and why we even care about diamonds and why shiny things appeal to us as humans. That's all sociology. Mind equals blown. I know, right? Okay, so sociography, you say, (laughs) uh, is very broad reaching. Mm -hmm. Encapsulates all of human creation. Pretty much. It's like the physics of human behavior. 
Blag. I know. What is physics? Physics is movement of stuff? Physics is like the way the world works. It's a bunch of rules and laws and things. Mm -hmm. And like why things the way are the way they are. Mm -hmm. Sociology is kind of like that, but with like why humans are the way they are. You know that lady Jane Goodall? Yep. She looked at monkeys? <laughs> she sure did. Yeah, she did. Uh, sociology is kind of like the monkeys looking at themselves. Because we're the monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys? <laughs> we're the monkeys. <laughs> Hey, hey, we are the monkeys. So, okay, you are interested in sociography. Yeah. Because it is so broad-reaching, and it involves us, humans. Mm -hmm. Harshish, tell me about your, your specific areas of sociography that uh, interest your mind. Sure. Well, kind of like what we were talking about, the things that kind of interested me in sociology in the first place started off as grievances. General grievances? General grievances. He's got like four arms and stuff, too. He sure does. No one should have that many arms. Mm -mm. It's disgusting. It's, 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 it's abnormal. It's an atroscopy. It is. Well, those four <laughs> arms are the four pillars of sociology that actually inspired me to get into it in the first place. Oh. Uh, there was uh, things that just generally irked me about how the world is and growing up in, uh, in an ethnic family, the way that society sort of expects you to be a person and like do things that you're supposed to do. That kind of got me thinking, like, why, why, just why do we do the things that we do as humans? And that kind of got me on that path. So, so like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, because you just said a lot of things. I did. You said growing up in an ethnic family, mm -hmm. uh, you have particular social expectations? Sure. Okay. And then you were a young man hanging out in your banana hammock <laughs> thinking, why must I do these things that I must do? Yeah. Okay. And then you're like, ah, sociology. So like, pretty much. Well, I, I didn't care about... I didn't know it as sociology at, at the time. I was basically concerned with, so why do I need to get a job? A job. Like, why are jobs a thing? Why do humans put themselves through things that make them miserable just to do them? And, like, we all just say, oh, yeah, we're going to do it because that's what people do. That's what our daddy did. That's what our daddy did. Exactly. Things like jobs, societal norms, just, like, expectations, like... You're going to do... So, back to the ethnic family type of thing. You're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like, why, man? Why? What if I want to do something else? Right. Uh, so, that kind of stuff got me interested in it. Because it was like, why do humans need a thing, like, as a job in the first place? Why can't we just, like, be people who do things that we like to do? Well, for putting food in belly. Exactly. So, like, there's there's definitely a method behind all the madness that exists. But it's kind of convoluted. And it kind of makes people unhappy sometimes, but it exists for a reason. And sociology talks about what those reasons are and where they came from. Oh. Yeah. So All right. It's kind of neat in that sense. What's one of the reasons? So one of the cool things that I really was interested in the beginning when I was starting to study about sociology is kind of the tie-in between sociology and how humans evolved, how we developed as, as a species in the first place. Oh, you mean how we were created instantaneously in seven days. That's... One way of looking at it. Uh, regardless, even though we were created super early in seven days or uh, a gradual change over millions of years, however you want to look at it. <laughs> um, one thing that was interesting is that our brains are... We're pretty smart as humans. Oh, of course. Yeah. We're pretty I'm a man of science. Besides all that, the fact that we have words for man and science and that we have a thing called science, that makes us pretty different from all the other critters running around on... Uh, on planet of Earth. This Earth, yeah. Yeah. And other planets, maybe. Uh, so we, as humans... <laughs> we're number one. We are pretty no much number one. We're so number one that we're out of the food chain. Oh. Which is a pretty big deal. That's true. You don't hear about a human getting eaten too often anymore. Unless they're, like, stupid and like, oh, let me go camping with grizzly bears real quick and then get eaten. Yeah, a grizzly bear. Grizzly <laughs> Like, you know, sometimes a hurlburly <laughs> will accidentally get eaten by a grizzly bear. Those hurlburlies, they don't know when to stop. No. They just climb in the grizzly bear's pit and like... They're listening to, to Kurd Rook and they're like, I'm an American birders. And they... <laughs> then they take off their braces headgear and they <laughs> speak properly and they get eaten by uh, uh, some sort of dire wolf. Exactly. Whoa. What? Are they in... Westeros? They're in Lothlorien. You know nothing, Dottore. I know everything. I'm a man of science. Sure. Sociology. What about it? What about it? Who it's... gives a rat's butts? Uh, rat's butts give a butt about sociology. Uh, is that scientifically true? No. Okay. That is completely made up. Rats don't want to give up their butts. They need those. Yeah. But it kind of like goes back to the whole thing that like we have 
the intelligence. We have uh, the things to talk. Like we we know what rats are. We know what butts are. We know what rats butts are because we can think about it because of our brains. Because we're so smart. We are pretty smart. <clears throat> yeah. We are the smartest species that we currently know of. Dolphins are pretty close, I think, but. We're, we're smarter than dolphins. We're way smarter than dolphins. Screw dolphins. We've killed so many dolphins. They're not smart enough to defend not themselves. Not enough, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, dolphins listening in Dolphgaria. Dolphinately. Uh, they oh, are... nice. I stole that from Kroll Show. I, I got to give credit where credit's due. What? I know. Harshish, you're not allowed to bring copyrighted jokes onto my <laughs> podcast. I, uh, I, I apologize. I'll stop plagiarizing. <sighs> We're the only creature that can plagiarize. Also true. Sociology. It's also true. <laughs> no one's ever heard that joke before. <laughs> Sociology. Uh, so brains. Brains are pretty cool. We have big brains. Thank you. Uh, we have a lot of intelligence, a lot of surface area in our brains. And uh, so our ancestors, our way, way backs, are other people's, before Homo sapiens, there were a whole bunch of other... Heterosapiens. Homos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was Homo habilis, Homo... Erectus, a lot of other uh, smart primates that uh, eventually became what we are today. Um, they started to de- develop tool use. They became smarter. They became more adept with uh, adapting to their environment and, and using the things around them to make themselves um, a more competitive species amongst the other ones. Neanderthals, even. They were a pretty uh, big competition for us for a while. Uh, They're kind of like the Blackberry of humans. Like, pretty good, but uh, no one's going to use them. Yeah, and they'll die out after a couple of years. Only businessmen are interested in Neanderthals. <laughs> That's gross, for some reason. Why is it gross? I don't know. I'm just imagining, imagining like a Japanese business businessman. Like, <laughs> like, like a, a poor Neanderthal uh, girl. Giant Neanderthal on a table nude with sushi covering his body, and they're just eating the sushi off of his form. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. Well, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> We're learning about you. Yeah. So, okay, uh, uh... Uh, humans are great. Humans are pretty cool. We've established this. So our brains uh, actually changed our development a little bit. Um, because we had more knowledge, more information, more things that we were capable of doing, our brains got a little bit bigger. Uh, not to say that big brains equals big intelligence, because like whales are a thing and whales are big brain, but kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, but we had pretty big brains for our size. And um, because of that, Human babies, or human skulls, human brains, everything like that. We couldn't be born as fully functional uh, things like other animals are. We couldn't just be born and be like, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a dude. Right, we had to download some upgrades Pretty much. out of the box. So we were born way, way earlier in our development process. And that's where kind of my biology kicks in, which, is, which also got me interested in sociology. Is that we were born uh, way earlier, and so there had to be... a a society created around the fact that we had to take care of our stupid, dumb babies <laughs> so that dumb. they live. They're dumb as hell. They're so dumb. I hate babies. Good for you. I <laughs> know. <laughs> That's a refreshing statement. <laughs> Harshish hates babies. Put them on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> Vote for me. Anyway. Anywho, that's, uh, that's why so you're saying society we, had to exist. We developed it. Okay. You're, you're hypostulating that... Humans created a society mm-hmm. to take care of babies because our babies are half cooked. They're <laughs> Pretty not, much. They're not fully formed. They, they're not their final evolution. Mm-hmm. We need to fight them some more against other babies with critical hits so they can power up. That's pretty much exactly right. It's, it's interesting that we were talking about uh, Sakamon. Earlier, because that's what babies basically were. Underdeveloped. They were like the uh, the Charmanders, the Squirtles, the Bulbasaurs. You know what? When you look at a uh, a, a Squirtox, which is legally distinct, uh, it's a Sacamon, it's not that other thing you were talking about. When you look at a Squirtox, sure. it does look like a baby. Like a baby version of an animal. Oh, it kind of does. And then as you uh, power it up, it gets older and fatter and meaner. Yeah, because like the middle human. versions look like teenagers and the big ones look like mm-hmm. big big dudes. So that's kind of what happened with our human babies, is that we were in our first first form, and we had to evolve a little bit. Uh, so that's why, like, villages and families had to... The, the whole family structure that we know today, with like a mommy and a daddy and, and babies and things like that, and, you know, it takes on different forms right now. But that whole system developed because there had to be a, a adults taking care of the undercooked baby. To get it to uh, the stage that it needs to be able to live on its own. Wait a moment. Don't other animals take care of their babies? They do. So, 
I mean, is it really human society's greatest? It's not. Take no, care no, of our no. helpless baby sashes. That's very I mean, true. ants will take care of their, their filthy little pupa. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> until they're ready to hatch out and sprout their ant legs. Uh, that's true. You're not wrong. I'm never wrong. I'm the Tory Bellardo, man of science. Well, uh, they, <laughs> they, uh, other animals do take care of their babies and, and they raise them to uh, adulthood. Uh, but humans took that and sort of ran with it. Because not only do we raise our babies to adulthood um, as just the mother or just the father or just the parents uh, do in some other families, in some other species, uh, excuse me, we actually developed an entire society, an entire culture, and uh, entire social sort of structure around it. Because now that we had all the mommies taking care of the babies back, back home, the uh, the daddies had to go and like get food for the mommies. There had to be shelter built so that the mommies could have a safe place to be. Because otherwise, we were nomadic uh, before that point. Mm-hmm. We were just going where where the wind took us. Yeah, like an old country western. Song. Exactly. But now that we had uh, the smart babies and babies that had to grow up, uh, Are smart babies are the ones that you can like remotely turn on and off <laughs> so they can serve energy. Smart babies have uh, apps for everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, little little apps they can make calls too. Nice. Yeah. What was I talking about? You were talking about uh, in a very uh, a gender uh, a conservative way, Harshish, that men go out and get the the sweet lion meat, while women stay behind in the stone hut with a baby sucking on their teats. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that is how it used to be. Um, it's a little outdated. Currently, it's a couple couple thousand years outdated. Now that years. we've discovered everyone is equal, yeah. So no one needs to have a child anymore. That's Let's true. just all be individuals and have fun and look at our iPhones until we die. <laughs> we don't need babies. We don't anymore. need babies, Harshish. That's what scientists are for. They don't make the babies. We kind of are overpopulated. This is also true. I'm not blaming India, <laughs> but my finger is pointing towards India, Harshish. Pointed a little bit north because we're just taking our lead from our brothers up there. From your brothers up north? Yeah. Who's north? Uh, Norway? Yes. <laughs> I know. Those it. Norwegians, Norwegians don't know how to keep it in their pants. They don't. They don't. <laughs> Though, have you seen the Scandinavian ladies? No. I don't blame them. Harshish, mm-hmm. you're very focused on ladies. I did not expect such raunchiness from you. Raunchiness? Yeah, you're raunchy. I'm a raunch man. You're raunch dressing. <laughs> okay. You know, I uh, let me apologize to the listener. Sociology is not to a listener. <laughs> <laughs> if any are still listening, sociology is not a hard science. You've been talking uh, a lot about a lot of theories, mm-hmm. but there's no way we can like quantify and and determine the facts of there this is. stuff. Uh, sociology, though it does cover a lot of broad topics, a lot of overarching things, it does have a lot of quantifiable, um, real evidence that people can make science out of. That's why, like I mentioned before, it is a STEM science. It is something that... What is a STEM science? It's uh, science, technology, engineering, medicine. Those are the four basic tenets of what uh, what science is these days, what kids should be learning. Um, but sociology is definitely one of those parts. So that has been recognized by, uh, by one of these fancy societies. By the Society for the Promotion of Fake Science, such as Sociology? Uh, close. Uh, that's actually an offshoot. <laughs> oh, okay. This is the U.S. National Science Foundation. Oh! So they're, I mean, they're, they're almost as fake, but... Sounds good. They, dot, dot net. Dot net. The okay. best of the dots. So, uh, sociography, apparently a real science. It is a real science, because uh, there's a lot of data gathering, there, there's a lot of quantifiable evidence that people can gather. A lot of the, the ways that sociologists actually figure out how people do what they do is through things like surveys. Um... They actually talk to people and figure out their opinions on different things and actually figure out uh, how those individual opinions can uh, amount to something much, much larger and see the larger trend of what humans are doing. And it's interesting because now it's sort of taken a turn what, with the uh, advancement of technology and the internet and things like that, where there's a whole branch of uh, sociology now just uh, totally dedicated to social networking. So they take information... What working? What what? Woodworking. Uh, there's the there's these a couple of websites out there uh, <laughs> that the uh, babies have apps for. There's Facebook. There's Facebook. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, that's a, a delicious. They totally don't eat Facebook, but I will. There's a there's Spitter. 
Spitter? That's when the baby spit up a little bit of information. Oh, okay. 40 characters at a time. I appreciate that you're world building here, Harshish. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, can I get these apps from my Fapple Mamdroid? Uh, please keep your fappling away my from the babies. Fapple Mamdroid. That's disgusting. That's what I have the Pod Chain Bap on. Oh! On my Fapple Mamdroid. That's true. Okay. Pod Chain Bap's cool. I'm not sure about you, Dottori, but I like the Pod Chamber. Why? Is it because he's British? Yeah. Yeah. Gives him a little bit of. Authority. Do you, uh, Harshish, do you have a, are, uh, there's a little bit of history between, uh, Britain and India. Are you kind of got some Stockholm syndrome going <laughs> on? <laughs> We're just naturally ingrained to trust them. You look up to the pod chain map because of a soothing Michael Caine like voice. Whatever they tell us to do, I'm gonna do it. Oh boy. Sociology! <laughs> That's a topic sentence. So, how is it useful in our real world? Uh, good question, Detroit. Right? So there's a lot of real world, world uses. So like I was saying, there's surveys, there's observation, there's experimental research, there's scientific method, all the different things that other scientific fields use. All that information that uh, sociologists gather, they use that information to apply it to real world topics like marketing. So for example, that social networking thing, you might see those little ads on the side of, uh, of your browser uh, that say this is what you might like to do because they're gathering information from all your net habits which could be problematic at times. Mm-hmm. But marketers use that uh, and just see trends of what's happening with people around the world. There's, uh, there's that one computer, uh, Watson, that played Jeopardy a little while back. Sure. And the, one of the ways that they developed Watson is by looking at internet trends and seeing how people, how moods changed over time, how, uh, how different people's topics changed over time. So they use that as a predictive model actually figure out what might happen in the future so that uh, that IBM dude Watson actually can figure out like what might happen in the future in terms of like stocks and and, and uh, social like things <laughs> and where the rebels are hiding exactly <laughs> right so there's not a whole lot of practical use for that application so far uh-huh. but it's getting there AI is going to be big because of sociology <laughs> uh, another cool practical use of it is that um City planning is sort of based around sociological aspects because there's a lot of uh, computer modeling that goes into sociology. So things like how pedestrians move within an urban metropolis, things like that. Like if if you you look up from the sky, we're all a bunch of ants. So similar ways of how we model ants and their behavior, sociologists can model human behavior within a, a thing like a city or like even the countryside. And we can use that to develop our infrastructure in a way that's more... More efficient. More efficient. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And sort of going off that then, too, there's uh, there's disease management. There's uh, epidemiology. What do we have a with that? Yeah. So, like, when the zombie virus eventually goes wild and, like, gets us all, uh-huh. we can actually track that and see how it spreads and how it might spread in countries like India, where there's a bunch of people, or China, where there's a lot more people. Oh, just, I see. Blame it on the Chinese. Or the Norwegian. So, uh, a... how is virus tracking sociology, though? That is a good question. It's because virus tracking itself isn't sociology, but it's based off of sociological principles. The reason that we can use uh, epidemiology and and, uh, the different computer models that they have for that is because we know how humans move, how humans operate, how humans uh, alter their behavior in certain situations, all because of sociology. We've been observing humans. Sociology is one. Are you, are you the Matrix? <laughs> Pretty much. Sociology. One way of looking at it is that it's basically a big guidebook for our uh, future alien overlords on how humans work. Uh, they can use sociological principles to figure out. Oh, this is the best way to enslave this race of people. Oh boy. Yeah. So it's great stuff. And you're getting in on the ground floor. Absolutely. Harshish. Yeah. Is that the end of sociology? Is there anything else that we could possibly talk about? Well, there's one cool topic that I really like. Oh, a cool topic? Yeah, and uh, it's it's something that might interest you, Dottori, right. as a fan of primates and, and silly things in general. I am a huge fan of primates when I'm not quaffing juices or filling my uh, blaster pods to its brim with food stuffs, uh, engorging my entire body into a uh, sphere-like form. Uh, I am enjoying science, such as studying monkeys. So, like, five minutes of the day. Uh, that might be uh, might be uh, occupied by something called the monkey sphere. The what? What? With what? So it's a monkey in a sphere, and you're very familiar with spheres, I, I know. Of oh, course, yeah. I'm very spherical in form. What do monkeys fear? Is it eagles? Because they can come down and swoop them up. Monkeys fear mongooses. Oh, yeah. I thought that was snurks that feared mongooses. You're actually yeah. 
Well, sometimes snakes uh, ride on monkeys. As an Indian man, shouldn't you know this, Ashish? <laughs> Damn it, Belordo! <laughs> Got me again. Hooroo! <laughs> uh, you're, you're correct. Monkeys do fear eagles. Not so much mongoose. Mongoose. What is a monkey sphere? So the monkey sphere is a uh, fun, cute little uh, term coined by David Wong of uh, the website Cracked.com. It is actually a, a sociological concept called Dunbar's number, which basically says that there is a limit to the number of people with whom a human can have uh, stable social relationships with. There's a limit to a number of people that a human can have stable social relationships with. That is absolutely correct. What's the limit? Two? Uh, so it's theoretically 150 people. Whoa! So technically you can have 150 people within your monkey sphere that you actually care about. These are the people that you uh, you know who each person is, and you know how each person relates to the other person. So that, these are the people that you care. That honestly seems like a lot of people. It does, doesn't it? I don't think I even know 150 people, honestly. No. I have, I have uh, like, 99 Facebook likes for Blaster Podcast. And a bitch ain't one. Horsheesh. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? <laughs> you're allowed to swear, but you're not You're not allowed to be pejorative towards the ladies. It's a song. Jay-Z did it. Just because if Jay-Z jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Probably. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I mean, Jay-Z's doing it. Uh, Monkey Sphere is uh, it's a pretty cool concept because it kind of limits a whole lot of stuff that sociology talks about. If we only care about... Uh, maximum of 150 people within our society, then we sort of break off into little tribes where, as uh, I think it was our president, George W., he put it best, if you're not with us, you're against us. So that's kind of the whole principle is that you only really care about the people within your monkey sphere. Everybody else outside of the monkey sphere is just a number that one death is a tragedy, one million deaths is a statistic. So that one death, if that's somebody within your uh, monkey sphere, you care a whole lot about. That might break down your whole world, you might care about it a whole bunch. The million deaths that we hear about on the news all the time, that eventually we get jaded to it because they're not people that we actually know or care about. They're just people on the other side of the world, they're people in a different place, we don't interact with them, so they're not... It's We get sad for a little bit, but then we move on. You know, Harshish, I think you've just freed me from any moral obligation <laughs> to caring about anyone beyond the 150 people that I know. The You've done that... it! You've turned me into a supervillain! Yeah, you were already pretty close as it was, but if you even care about those those 150 people, I think that's that's a win. <laughs> I was surprised that you did that in the first place. Oh, yes. Um, but that that basic principle of us only caring about a certain group of people that we uh, that we know and that we trust and things like that that's uh, that's kind of built up a lot of societal structure as we know it today. So it uh, built up that basic tribal system that we had as, um, you know, way, way back when our, our families grew to villages, grew to uh, communities, which were basically tribes. And then competition for resources led to tribes fighting against each other. Uh, and because the other tribe was trying to get something that we wanted and we didn't really know them that well, we fought. And society just sort of built up from there. So cities, countries, uh, you know, continents, things like that. That's why we have wars is because they're not with us. They're against us. They're a different monkey ball. Exactly. <gasps> monkey ball. So it, it, you can also kind of see it in your day-to-day life. Um, for example, when you're driving, you're in your big metal ball of death. My monkey sphere. Your monkey sphere, literally in your case. Uh, and you feel sort of safe. You're in this big metal thing, so you don't really interact with the people around you. Plus, the people around you are not people that you know. So you can get away with acting like uh, kind of a jerk ball and hawking at people and cutting people off because you don't really care about what they're doing. Uh, meanwhile, if somebody else is like speeding ahead and trying to cut past you, you're like, oh, what a jerk. He's, he, he doesn't know how to drive. But when you're doing it, it's like, oh, because I have somewhere to go. I'm important. I have things. Because I'm a cool guy. Exactly. And I've, I take what I want. I live life on the edge. I'm like a James Bond. You really are. Thank you. Yeah. James Covalent Bond, maybe. Ah, uh, uh, science. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Monkey Tree. Thanks for uh, going along with that. Hey, thanks for being in prison with me, Hashish. You're welcome, Tutori. Can I have the water? Can I have the wet rag that they gave us to drink from? It's, uh... It's not filled with water anymore. Give me it. Oh, that's so gross. Oh, that's salty.
So I guess we're going to be in here a long time, huh? Certainly looks that way. It's a shame! Without my help, this whole kingdom is doomed to be destroyed by the fearsome wyvern. My grandfather told me it's already attacked the dick-dicks and the horse-pigs and the bumble-geese. Oh, snap! I almost forgot! What is it, old chum? I'm actually friends with a supernatural half-bee, half-goose, who hates the brotherhood of the winking tooth. Uh, here's his card. It just says, Bumble-goose. That's his name. You say it three times and he appears. Bumble-goose? Bumble-goose. Bumble-goose! Does each one of us have to say it three times, or is it like a total of three times situation? I don't know. Bumble goose. Bumble goose! How many times is that? You said it five times. How many is you said? Two? We'll say it again, dummy! Bumble goose! Ah! It's go time! It's a half bee, half goose! The unlikeliest of monsters! Yeah, he's cool. He breaks down walls. Hershish, what's up, hombre? Just doing time, man. You wanna get out of here? You wanna see that X-Men movie? You read my mind! Up upon the dorsal side of my thorax! Hoop! We fly! Flutter down on my son, the bandit! Bye, Jatore! Good luck fighting Au revoir, Hershish! Au revoir, Bumble Goose! I'm really gonna miss those guys. Well, I guess I'll just stealthfully escape through this gaping hole in the wall. <laughs> Freeze! And where do you think you're going? To escape from... Hey! Do you want to go see X-Men? Oh! So is that a maybe? Well, I'm still in prison. Harshish has flown away with the Bumble Goose, but in a way, he's still always here with us in spirit. And if he were here, I would say, Harshish, do you know what time it is? Is it time for plug? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, spirit of Harshish, it's time for plugs! It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs, not drugs, but plugs! Give me a hug! Don't. Don't give me a hug. Can I give you a hug? Nope, you're just a spirit. Well, you shouldn't hurt then. Oh. It's like a spirit is hugging me. But he's not really here, so that's okay. Yeah. I will allow it. <laughs> uh, Harshish uh, probably doesn't have anything to plug. Nah, just. My corporeal form. It's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, keep that plugged up. Yeah, ooh, Don't yeah. want any leaks. International House of Pancakes. Thank That's you. who I'd like to plug. You'd like to plug that? Yeah. Too bad we don't have the time. Damn it. But if you guys like Blaster Podcast, click subscribe on iTunes to Blaster Podcast. Subscribe to Blaster Podcast. Rate and review it with all the stars you have at your disposal. And uh, if you have questions for old Detore, check me out at AskDetore on Twitter. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Detore Balordo with a special guest, Harshish. Harshish, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Stop it with your spirit drums. <laughs> the best kind of drums. The Blaster Podcast theme song was composed by Stephen Poon, www.timecrashband.com.